This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. The big question today, what in the hell is going on with Arkansas sports? Basketball in particular right now coming off a 29-point loss at the hands of number eight-ranked Tennessee. We're going to discuss that. We'll talk a little bit about baseball, obviously. Baseball, save us. We have so little. I mean, we'll talk about baseball. Uh, I don't talk a lot about baseball, but obviously it is is the start of the season coming up here against James Madison. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about spring football as well. We're going to dive into some of your questions also because we're struggling for content right now. All that and more on today's episode of Hawk Sports Live. So many ways to watch and listen, everybody. You can always watch us streaming live on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already and set it so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also on Facebook, be sure to follow the page, 90,000 Razorback fans on there also. And Apple Podcasts, if you haven't taken this moment to throw us a five-star review, we'd love to have that from you. Also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere else podcasts are found. And Hogsports are founds. Hogsports is just $1 right now for your first month or 30% off for your first year. HAWGsports.com as we approach the Arkansas Sports Cluster. That's Arkansas basketball. You may say it's a cluster some other kind of way. Arkansas basketball, uh, baseball obviously starting on Friday, and then, of course, spring football and the opening of the quiet period, which means prospects can start visiting campus. That starts, I think, March 5th. Um, excuse me, not March. Yeah, March 5th, I think. Uh, so, Contact period coming up. It's a really important month for recruiting. We're not going to have Danny West on today just because it's kind of the calm before the storm on recruiting. We are in a dead period right now, but plenty to come here coming up. Uh, I want to mention Dean Weber, obviously. Haven't had a chance to talk about Dean uh, passing at 78 years old. Uh, I didn't know Dean Weber that well. I mean, I was around him. I spoke to him a few times, obviously, over the years. He, you know, he was kind of, I guess, closer to maybe an older group of Razorback reporters. And, uh, you know, like Bob Holt, Nate Allen and those guys, Mike Irwin. Uh, I was kind of younger, I guess, when he was still, uh, you know, in in training. Uh, But most of the stories I know is, you know, from Clay Henry or, you know, some of those guys, Mike Irwin, uh, sharing stories about Dean Weber. But, you know, I'm kind of in that group of, like, there's nobody around me age-wise for some reason. Like, I'm 46. Everybody else is, like, 20-something or 30-something, and then everybody else is like, you know, 50-something and older, 60s mostly. I don't know why there's nobody my age covering Razorback sports. Like, on the beat regularly, I don't mean like uh, radio people or anything, but people who are showing up there regularly. But anyway, 
um, you know, Dean Weber obviously was a great Razorback and, and had a lot of impact on a lot of people's lives. His uh, celebration of life is supposed to be on February, or excuse me, on uh, April 13th. So uh, that kind of coincides a little bit with maybe an opportunity to get a lot of former players up here because you have the red-white game, which I think is going to be on April 13th. That's not an official time, but I think it'll be about noon on April 13th. So this will maybe kind of coincide with that. So uh, Dean Weber passing away. Uh, and just a great Razorback. I mean, you can't find anybody who would say anything negative about uh, Dean Weber. Also, thoughts out to uh, to Dre Greenlaw. We all saw the Super Bowl. We saw him, you know, tear his Achilles when he was trying to take the field. And this is a this is a serious injury. This is like a third of people, according to uh, Doctor Jeff Watson, an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, this is on A to Z Sports, uh, a third of the guys don't make it back from this injury. And Dre's just 26 years old. So hopefully that's not what happens. I mean, you know, we know like with Kevin Durant, he had that injury, obviously came back and he's played many years since then. So you can come back from it, but it is a serious injury that, you know, can end your career. So Thoughts out to Dre Greenlaw. Hopefully this is, you know, he's in the two-thirds that that make it back and returns to form because he certainly has a bright career ahead of him. And already had a bright career. Already has exceeded the career that I think a lot of people projected for him. Should we talk about some winners? Arkansas softball is 4-1. and one. They, did, they are coming off a 3-2 loss to Penn State. But – this is what this is what we have to talk about. You know, Arkansas softball four and one. That's good. Arkansas track and field is number four in the NCAA uh, track and field rankings ratings index. This was out on February twelfth. The SEC indoor championships are Friday, February twenty third, Saturday, February twenty fourth, at the Randall Tyson Track Center, and then the indoor championships are March eighth and ninth. So, some winners. Gymnastics is 2-2-1. and one. I don't know how to score gymnastics, but they lost 197.850 to 196.050. But gymnastics, Razorback gymnastics is good. So, we got that to talk about. Uh, women's basketball is 17-9, 5-6 in conference play. That's certainly better than the men. So, deserves some mention. We'll talk about that, even though they've lost two in a row at Florida, 85-81, and at Tennessee, 81-55. Last one against Auburn, 74-72 in Bud Walton. Next up for the women is Sunday, February 18th in Bud Walton Arena. Talking about some things we haven't talked about a lot on this show. I mean, it's what it is. Women's soccer starts February 22nd. Thursday, February 22nd, against John Brown. That's at Razorback Field in Fayetteville, free to the public. Go watch a good soccer team, women's soccer team win free. Volleyball team last year was 28-6, lost to Nebraska in the uh, NCAA tournament after beating Stephen F. Austin, TCU, in Kentucky. So, good run for the, good run for the uh, women's sports programs, not so much for the men. Get your questions in. We might answer some questions. I've got some uh, a poll or a, a thread on the Razor's Edge message board asking for some questions. We'll see if there are any on YouTube. What I've experienced about YouTube generally is uh, it's more comments than questions. Facebook, when I was streaming live on Facebook, it was definitely more questions. 
But uh, College World Series 2024 predictions for the eight-team field as baseball season begins. This is by Robbie Weinstein on 24-7 Sports, our network. So he's got – and I know, like, we've seen this for, you know, basketball is supposed to do this and, you know, all this stuff. We saw all these previews for all this stuff. But, again, as I said, um, baseball, please, we have so little. We have so little right now. Wake Forest Demon Deacons, Oregon State Beavers. That'll be an interesting matchup coming up in Arlington. Auburn Tigers, Oklahoma State Cowboys, Florida Gators, Arkansas Razorbacks, LSU Tigers, North Carolina Tar Heels. That's who Robbie has as his projected teams in the College World Series. All right, so just so you know, the first game on Friday, February 16th, today's Thursday, February 15th, so we're a day ahead uh, of, the, of the first game. The time was originally scheduled for 3 p.m., so it has now been moved to 2 p.m. So just know, first pitch at 2 p.m. against James Madison. Game two, Saturday, February 17th at 2 p.m., Sunday, February 18th at 1 p.m., and then game four, Monday, February 19th at 12 p.m. Starting pitchers have been set. Dave Van Horn set this on Wednesday. Um, Hagan Smith, left-handed pitcher, game one. Right-handed pitcher Brady Tiger, game two. Left-handed pitcher Mason Molina, game three. And then freshman Colin Smith is in uh, game four on Monday. Bybee is apparently still coming back from an injury because he was – expected to be that fourth guy there so that's what we're looking at for baseball uh, just to give you an idea on the schedule outside of that obviously the college baseball series you can um, check out that we've got it on our youtube channel dave van horn's press conference with all the other coaches that are participating in this uh, the schedule for that this so the games this weekend you're going to need if you have so a lot of people get confused on SEC network alternate I haven't even heard the word SEC network alternate is that still a thing I don't even know if that's still a thing but SEC network plus when you see SEC network plus that just means you're not going to be able to get the game on your regular channel guide you'll be able to get it uh, through an app uh, on your computer at ESPN.com or something like that like you'll need a you'll either need a smart tv that has espn on it or um you know like an apple tv or a roku or something like that if you're older and you don't know then you know ask one of your kids to help you out it shouldn't be too difficult to get it going uh so sec network plus basically you know it doesn't mean that you need to subscribe to espn plus it doesn't need any of that like if you already get sec network on your regular channel guide whether you're paying for cable satellite youtube tv hulu tv whatever you're you're paying for if as long as you get it that way then you will have access on sec network plus you you'll have to log in with your credentials for whatever service you're paying for but you'll be able to access it most of the baseball games are going to be on sec network plus there's a few that aren't obviously when we get to college baseball series in, in arlington then this is flow sports. What you need to understand about flow sports is they're going to entice you with a really attractive annual offer, and it's going to auto-renew you. Don't fall into that trap. You just need the monthly. You just need one month subscription if you want to watch the flow baseball, uh, college baseball series. So FLO, flow, is it flow? Flow sports, flow sports, FLO. So this these three games, February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at Globe Life Field, um, 
against Oregon State, Oklahoma State, and Michigan will be on Flow Sports. After that, you're looking at a lot of SEC Network Plus, okay, all the way up until you get to Auburn, the first game in the Auburn series on Thursday, March 21st. That game is going to be on SEC Network. The other ones are going to be on Plus. And then you got LSU, first game, ESPN2, the next game, SEC Network, and then you're on Plus. So just a few games throughout the, you know, throughout the schedule. Ole Miss, Thursday, April 4th, SEC Network. But most of these games are going to be on SEC Network Plus. So if you like Razorback baseball, if you're thinking about getting into Razorback baseball because everything else is kind of crap to bed, then you need to figure out SEC Network Plus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm talking to you, 50 plus. You know who I'm talking to. Ask your kids to show you. It's not that hard. Don't be afraid of technology. All right, Arkansas basketball, what in the 40 minutes of hell was the headline of today's? And I just kind of buried the lead on this because why do we want to talk about a 29-point loss? This is the second time that Arkansas has trailed by 30 points or more in a game this season. Hell, at least at, least at home, anyway. They lost to Auburn by 32. It was the worst loss in Bud Walton Arena history. Um, Arkansas battled for a half. I mean, it was 46-40. And, you know, obviously a lot of, you know, high scoring and stuff. and But – the second half, they just came out and looked tired, exhausted, lost. I mean, I think the the play where Jeremiah Davenport threw it away on the inbounds, um, and Devo Davis like had like was guarding some other guy, and the other guy just comes to the back. I can't even remember who it was, uh, and just you know, and scores while Devo's looking at something else. Just kind of, just kind of wrapped the whole thing into one package, the whole game, the whole second half anyway. Um, but Arkansas was they were outscored. 46 to 23 in the second half. 8 of 31 from the floor, 25.8% in the second half. I mean, this is after shooting like 51% in the first half and then just tanked, just completely tanked in the second half. Uh, this, this has been Arkansas basketball this year. And, you know, at, at least we got to watch an entertaining um, first half of basketball, I guess. I mean, that's the positive. And then just get, watch them just get slaughtered in the second half, just not even competitive. There are a lot of single folks in Bud Walton Arena last night. A lot of single folks. A lot of pink everywhere. Uh, I don't. I don't know what more to say about Arkansas basketball. Like you guys aren't interested in really reading about it. You're not interested in me talking about it. And why would you be? I mean, it's really we're just kind of sitting here waiting until we get to some off season. You know, because we can see what's going on with the future of this team, 
with, you know, all the rumors talking about Eric Musselman and the roster, and there's going to be a ton of turnover, obviously. The transfer portal is obviously going to be wild, and we're just kind of waiting for it now. And it's unfortunate because we've, we've been spoiled a little bit because basketball has been good, and they've struggled here and there at times, obviously. They've gotten off to slow starts. They've had to build team chemistry and stuff like that, but it's just not happening. They tease you a little bit. We've gotten teased a little bit with, okay, starting to put it together, play Kentucky tough, Go, you know, beat Missouri handily and then just get slaughtered against LSU. Uh, so they, they've teased us here and there. And Tennessee's got a good basketball team, but there's no reason you should be getting waxed at home by 29 points. There just isn't. And Eric Musselman's a great coach. It, it bugs me a little bit with all the just ridiculous rumors that are going around, and that's what they are, you know, about somebody getting suspended, somebody saying this to Musselman and storming off the court, somebody quitting the team, aside from Debo Davis. And we'll get to Debo a little bit, but, uh, you know, the, the hunts and the Musselmans aren't getting together. It's all a load of BS. And some of it started by fans, you know, outside of Arkansas. And some of it, and, you know, I don't even want to talk about some of the other the just ridiculous, salacious stuff that's going on. Like, just just stop with it. Like, uh, this is the kind of stuff that happens, I guess, when you, when you start losing and stuff. I still stand by the fact that Eric Musselman has proven to be the best Arkansas basketball coach in 25 years. And I've seen stuff like this happen before where rumors start get going, you know, people start getting kind of pissy, and, you know, eventually it gets to Musselman. Eventually it gets to his wife, uh, Danielle, and you know, who loves Northwest Arkansas and their family and, you know, you know, talked about their daughter and stuff, getting asked questions at school and all kinds of BS, and uh, you, you end up running the coach off. And I don't expect Eric Musselman to stay here forever, but, guys, like, I can remember what the last 25 years were like before he got here. It sucked. You know, you had you had some good times with Mike Anderson, but they never really did anything. You never thought that this was going to be a team that was going to win a national championship or make it to a Final Four, and you've had those kind of hopes before. You know, and Devo Davis, yeah, it sucks. Devo quit the team. We don't know the specifics around it. He quit the team for three days – or, excuse me, for three games for, like, what, 17 days or something like that, and then came back to the team, and a lot of people are upset about that. He, he, he no-showed for a radio show, and – I thought that was probably pretty bad communication. If you're going to show up for a radio show, you have to understand that people, from a journalistic standpoint, are going to have to ask you the question. It can't just be some NIL deal and a bunch of fluff. We have to ask you, hey, what in the hell went on? Why, why'd you leave the team? You know, And it, it, it may be a personal matter and stuff like that, but you're a public figure. And you're going to get asked that question and stuff. But the worst thing to do is just, is just not show up and not have the communication there. So it's a bad look. I still... You know, I think long term, you know, I know that I'm old enough now to know that time cures all, um, not all, but a lot. And uh, I also know that Devo Davis, for as frustrating as he can be on the court sometimes, some of the things that he does, he will also be associated with some of the more iconic moments in the last quarter century of Razorback basketball. You know, the dunk against Auburn as time, well, I mean, time had gone out, but uh, and everybody storms the court. One of the most electric environments I've ever seen for a Razorback basketball game. Um, you know, the shot against, was that Texas Tech? Was it Texas Tech or, no, I think it was, I think it was, was it Oral Roberts? I can't remember. The shot that, that he made to send him, I think, to the Elite Eight that year. Um, that Going off for 25 points against Kansas. The emotional breakdown he had after the game, just about the passion that he showed. You know, those are the, some of the things that I'll remember about Devo Davis. And, yeah, there are some disappointing times during that. You know, quitting the team with three games. 
We don't know exactly what that is. I can tell you that a lot of the crap that's going around isn't true. I mean, it just isn't. It's frustrating to see that kind of stuff. But that's what happens. It's not just Arkansas. It's, it happens everywhere. When a team starts losing, you get all kinds of just rumors going around, flying around, this and that. Um, so, just kind of what it is. But, yeah, an appropriate title. What in the hell is going on? What in the 40 minutes of hell is going on with Razorback basketball? I still think Musselman's a great coach. I think they're having a bad year. Two Elite Eights and a Sweet 16. N- name me another coach that's done that at Arkansas. You can name one, Nolan Richardson, and that's it. Give me a coach that was that had back-to-back top 25 finishes. Last time that's happened. It's been a long time. I mean, the odds are, like, you know, people, you know, I think most people, and, I, you know, I, I live on the internet, obviously. Uh, some people think I'm actually inside of it, but – I live on the internet and I see, you know, the reactions and the, you know, knee jerk reactions and, you know, the frustration and stuff and, you know, people talking, you know, in the comments below and, you know, you know, often not using their own name and they can vent and and have frustration and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I think most fans recognize the contributions that Muss has given Arkansas and also understand that, um, you know, they're having a bad year. He's also got some stuff that he can fall back on. You know, that may not be true in the court, in the fact of, you know, Sam Pittman. If Sam Pittman were to have a bad year next year, then he can't just fall back on an incredible season, you know, that they had fairly recently. You know, nine wins was fine. That was fun. I mean, compared to recent years, that was that was nice. But, you know, that's been, that's been a little bit ago. It'll be three seasons ago now. So, um, with Muss, I think he has a lot to fall back on. I think he's got a proven track record. And um, I think it would it, – not that Arkansas wouldn't go out and, you know, be able to lure a quality coach out there. But, um, I mean, odds are – relative to the past, you know, probably won't have as good a performance as, as Muss has had. Connor Goodson, Hog Sports basketball analyst, offered his player grades. You can you can guess kind of how those went. Jeremiah Davenport, D plus, Jalen Graham, D, Devontae Davis, D minus, Caleb Battle, D minus, Tremont Mark, F, L Ellis, F, Makai Mitchell, F. Offense, D minus, defense, F, overall F. Anybody argue with that? NCAA football, EA Sports. What is it? What is it called? It's been since 2014 since it's come out. Um, College Football 25, I guess, is what it's going to be called. But they officially announced today that it's really coming. It's this summer, full reveal in May. Um, it stinks that Arkansas is going to suck on the game. But, hey, you'll be able to do a dynasty mode and build Arkansas up. Right? You got that going. So or you could play on rookie mode and just dominate everybody. But uh, <laughs> probably not a team that a lot of people are going to pick up for online play. But exciting to have the game back. Uh, obviously, this all started back a decade ago with Ed O'Bannon being upset over his likeness being used. And um, name, image, and likeness has turned into something just completely ridiculous now. I mean, it, it really is. Like, name, image, and likeness was supposed to be – a commercial at Sassy's, you know, or uh, a law, uh, you know, a law firm, an injury law firm or something, or UAMS or a commercial like that, or somebody identified a kid and said, you know, 
you know, this guy's a Razorback player. He's a great player. We want him to represent our business. And what it's become, NIL, is we're just paying players. And to act like it's anything else, the fact that the NCAA is coming down on Tennessee and we can all want, you know, Razorback fans and whatnot, want Tennessee to get the hammer dropped on them, it's all a load of crap. It's all – the NCAA has nothing to stand on because everybody's doing this. Everybody is paying players. Everybody is giving players money to go to their school, not to represent a business. That's all just a farce, and we know it's a farce. It's ridiculous. Pay these players a salary. Let them unionize or whatever. I'm not a big union person, but something's got to be done because this is just completely ridiculous what's going on right now in college sports especially in football, basketball, players jumping back and forth. Fans are going to – you're going to lose the fans. You're going to lose fans. Now, I'm going off on a tangent here, but, like, I think NIL is a good thing, okay, for Arkansas. It can be a good thing if you really embrace it and do it right. And I'll say this, too, for the basketball game last night, this is the first time I've really seen a whole lot of NIL talk. Saw a video – before the game about NIL, saw some messages here and there about NIL, and that's what Arkansas has to do because those are that's the landscape that we're in right now. You if you have to play ball just like everybody else, Ole Miss can't just have a leg up on you because you don't want to play ball. So I'll just say that like what NIL is is um, you know you have a collective and everybody donates to the collective. You know the fans, you're the ones that's being asked. You know, the athletic department makes tens of millions of dollars. And what was it? No, $167 million in revenue last year. You know, coaches are getting paid $6.5 million at Arkansas. Uh, But if Arkansas doesn't get a player, it's because they didn't have enough NIL money because the fans didn't donate enough on top of everything else that you're asked to do. So you're asked to donate to a collective. The collective, in turn – you know, has businesses that sponsor it and then I guess just distributes which player represents what business from their pool of money and the player puts out a tweet or something or goes to an autograph signing. Uh, It's all about – and players are being promised money coming out of high school. They're being recruited off NIL. This is what we can do for you NIL-wise. Players are being retained year to year by NIL money. And, uh, you know, players are – you see, like, players leave to enter the transfer portal and it's confusing – why did they wait so late? Well, they wanted to get their last NIL payment. Uh, it's all just completely ridiculous. We are just paying players. Stop dancing around it. Stop acting like it's not going to happen. Have some reform. Somebody figure this stuff out. Somebody who's paid to figure it out. I'm just paid to talk or write. I don't have the answer for this, but what I do know is what's going on right now is just ludicrous. You know, being able to transfer at will, uh, being able to – and there's tampering going on. You cannot – Guys, I can 100% promise you there is absolutely tampering going on. Arkansas players are being tampered with. There, there, there are schools, whether it's head coach or players or representatives or whatever, that are, that are picking players off Arkansas's roster and off other schools' roster. And Arkansas may be doing the same. I don't have the same experience. I just know from covering Arkansas that other schools – reach in and say, hey, we could, you know, we could do this for you. We could do this for you at wherever. That happens. The whole thing is corrupt. It's as corrupt as it's ever been. And it's all under this loophole. The whole thing is a loophole. It's all under this one loophole 
the whole system is based on a loophole. It used to be like, you know, gray shirting a player or blue shirting a player, you know, not not technically recruiting them and doing in-homes and having them come on an official visit was a loophole around to getting them to count against the next year class, um, you know, and not count against the, 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 the current recruiting class. Like there was things like that, you know, random little loopholes that somebody found an answer to. This is a whole system based on a loophole. Now, it can be good for Arkansas sports, but you got to embrace it. It's got to be embraced. Um, I do think that there just needs to be some kind of reform. There needs to be some transparency. We don't know how much players are making. I mean, nobody knows. You you have no idea. A player could tell you. You just t- say to a coach, "Hey, yeah, this guy, this school offered me two hundred thousand. What can you do?" And it could be a complete lie. You have no idea of knowing it. Um, you you bring a player into your program, you know, who may be lightly recruited. You develop them over the years, and you know you get them to a point where they're ready. They come in, they have a good season, and somebody else plucks them away. And you've invested all that, and sure, the players contributed to you as a program. There's been a there's been a give and take, but you know, and it all it all stems from like it all stems from coaches. The idea, you know, with the immediate transfer also, which is a problem with this whole thing because it all came along at the same time. Player people were going, you know, coaches can move along anytime they want. Well. Yeah, but they also have buyouts, and somebody's got to pay a buyout. This is just players leaving you, you know. This isn't like a buyout deal. And it's also coaches could leave any time if they were really successful. You know, most coaches didn't have the option of just hopping over to another school. And it was also under the guise of players should be able to hop around whenever they want. But what we've run into here is good players can hop around. But for average players, this isn't a good spot to be in. You got players entering the transfer portal who will never come out, who will never get a college degree, who will just sit in the transfer portal and end up working some menial job because, um, you know, they won't be remembered as players who went through the process, who walked on senior day, who are part of this team or whatever. They'll just be guys that come through the system, fill a gap. You weren't good enough after a couple of years. Think it's probably best that you hit the transfer portal. Some of those guys find a home. Some of them never do. Um, average college football players don't make big-time bucks. Good college football players do. But if you're average or below average, you're not getting anything. You're going to be asked to leave. I mean, it's just the way it is. It's all a bunch of crap. It really is. I mean, NIL, the system of collectives and stuff, it's just – it's not – it's not – it's not – I don't know why I'm going on this long tangent on it. That wasn't my intention, but I just started and I kept on going. So that's where we are. Arkansas needs – Arkansas edge to succeed okay there's no question about that because this is the landscape that we're in in college sports they need Arkansas edge to succeed um, what I've been told like there have been like rumors that Arkansas basketball players aren't getting what they were promising in NIL that's not true that's not true okay stop stop with that first of all that's not true secondly as far as money for the future, I have heard that that could be an issue. And it's not just basketball, but it's impacted by football because football is like 75% of the revenue. And football is going to impact everything. Football success is going to impact everything. So when the football team goes 4-8, and eight, everybody else is going to feel it. Um, I have seen, you know, I've looked at Arkansas Edge. It looks like a much better setup than what when Arkansas was. You know, it's actually not just like charity-based, which is great. Charities are great, support charities. But if you're going to compete in the college football landscape, you need businesses to be involved in your NIL. You just do. And so what this, you know, 
what I've seen is it's like set up a lot more like the Grove Collective, which I think is kind of the standard where you can donate monthly. You can donate, um, you know, one time you can donate uh, an annual deal. You can do it however you want to do it. And it caters to everybody. One Arkansas I felt like was just more catering to people with, you know, very deep pockets. And this is, you know, hey, I want to I want to throw in twenty five bucks or, you know, a kid gets you know, 20 bucks for his birthday. Why can dad, can I throw in $5 for the hogs? Yeah, sure. You can son, you know? Um, and you know, I guess have some knowledge that, Hey, you helped bring that player here, you know, some kind of, I don't know, some connection there, but, um, this is the landscape of college football. And if you want Arkansas sports to succeed, then you have to donate to the NIL collective and it's on the onus is on the fans to do that. And it's, and it's not just the deep pocket guys. It's everybody. So, how much do you want to win is the question. Sorry for the tangent. All right. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Where do we want to go next? Should we take some questions? I mean, we can talk recruiting. Danny West has the big red board uh, for 2025 offense that's out right now. So just a, a, a look ahead at some of the guys that they have offered. Uh, obviously, Arkansas has got, I believe, five commitments already for the class of 2025. It's going to really pick up. You're going to see some guys come in, especially when we get to about April. Um, you're going to see a pretty good bit of activity. Some of Arkansas's highest-rated commits last year committed in April, June, July. Those are the months now that you see uh, a lot of recruiting going on okay let's see if I got some questions here I'm going to go over to the razor's edge that's our VIP message board where we put most of our great content hog slop 2011 says carious Kern comp he wants a comparison a comparison to carious Kern that's a tough one because I think at six four three oh five, I think this guy could play. I think he could play offensive tackle. You don't see a lot of six four offensive tackles. Um, you know, I don't like. That's a good question. I haven't really thought about who I would just directly compare him to. It's hard because the state of Arkansas, as I mentioned recently, doesn't produce a lot of six four three oh five fast twitch muscle fiber guys. <laughs> they just don't. Uh, for whatever reason, this stake produces defensive ends. Uh, it produces, you know, safeties. It's produced cornerbacks. It's produced quarterbacks. It's produced running backs, offensive linemen. But as far as like a true defensive tackle, and he could play. He could end up playing offensive line. I think it go. I, I look at his video and I go both ways. I'm like, I watch him play defensive tackles. Like, yep, defensive tackle. I watch him play offensive tackle. 
I really like him at offensive tackle because he he really mauls people uh, and gets off the ball fast on, on defense, mauls people on offense. So, Carius Kern comp. I might have to think about that one. That's from Hog Slop 2011. Sorry I couldn't give you an exact answer on who I would compare him to, but – I mean, just off the top of my head, from a size standpoint, maybe like Cam Ball. Really nice pickup for Arkansas. Mike RZ says, do we feel that the staff changes are enough to close the gap in our mental toughness and ability to finish victories in close games, or is there going to be too much of a talent experience discrepancy to overcome? I think that this team, from a roster standpoint, relative to you know the recent Razorback teams, including last year, has a chance to be better from a roster standpoint relative to Arkansas. The The problem is Ole Miss looks better. Mississippi State looks better. Auburn looks better, you know, so on and so forth. LSU, you know, I don't know if they'll, they're, they're going to have a Heisman Trophy quarterback, but, you know, all these teams have done well in the transfer portal. Alabama probably not going to be as good right out of the gate, uh, but plenty of teams are, and Arkansas doesn't play Alabama. Of course, this is the year that they don't play Alabama. So – when I look at the offensive line, I, I still think they need a couple offensive linemen, but they should be better considering they get most of the key players back. They don't get Bo Limmer. They don't get Brady Latham. Uh, but they get a lot of the key guys back who are going to be a year older. They've changed with adding Eric Mateos on the offensive line. Um, you know, Fernando Carmona is a big-time get for them, I think. Um, you know, I think Addison Nichols, too. Maybe Keyshawn Blackstock. I haven't seen as much of him, obviously, since he didn't really play at Michigan State last year. Um, but, you know, can they get Branson um, Hickman out of SMU? I think that would be a really nice addition for him, a veteran center who has 33 starts, was an all-conference player at SMU last year. You know, can they get him on board? I think they need one more offensive lineman too. So, if that happens, if that takes place, then I think the offensive line can be better. Every wide receiver, every, every wide receiver who played a snap last year in the game is back, including Jordan Anthony, who has damn near world-class speed. So, everybody's back. Oh, also, I wanted to mention this because I, t- I did an article recent on wide receivers. And I mentioned, like, you know, these, these guys, Andrew Armstrong, Tyrone Broden, you know, had run, Isaiah Satania, had run 22 miles an hour, okay? And people will come back like, you know, um, you know, the elite NFL players are running 22 miles an hour. What you have to understand is these NFL players are wearing pads, Okay, and we're talking about summer training workouts where these guys are in shorts and T-shirts and stuff, you know, or not T-shirts, probably whatever, you know, whatever they're wearing now. But uh, that's the difference. They're not in full pads. They don't have a helmet on and all that stuff. They're going through summer workouts and stuff. So 22 miles an hour, that versus, you know, Tyree Kill running 22 miles an hour in a game is quite different. So, uh, but yeah, every meaningful wide receiver is back. I think Jaquin and Jackson, I think he's a guy that feels like he has something to prove in the SEC. I'm not so sure that Rocket Sanders felt like that last year. And uh, to have a guy who's hungry, who's a veteran player coming in at running back, I think it's going to be a nice uh, uh, addition for the Hogs. And, you know, Isaiah Augusta being back, I think is another guy who should be a year older. Dominic Johnson, hopefully he's that much better I think maybe feel a little more confident in his knee you know Rashad Dembanyan has done some good things too he he needs a hole I think but you know he's he's done some good things too um you know the big question comes down to Taylor Green Jacoby Criswell which one of those guys wins out at quarterback tight end is obviously going to be better than it was last year uh getting Luke has back and hopefully healthy for the entire year um 
you know, and 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 you know the main players. I think the best tight ends. I think from last year are back this year too. And defense. I you know I've, I've said this before on defense. If they can match kind of what they did last year before they let go of the rope the last quarter of the season, they can match that and be the 2023 defense, which was middle of the pack, which is fine. Middle of the pack, we'll take that versus some of the places they've been in recent history. And if you can get the offense back to a productivity level just of 2022, then maybe you got something, you know. Uh, I'm not sitting here predicting that. I'm not sitting here hoping that that's possible. I am, you know, pretty down on football right now, obviously, just because of the way things went last year Um, and, you know, what I see with other teams. But I do know that – that Arkansas is capable of producing on offense because we've seen it recently. And I know that they're capable of doing well on defense. And, um, you know, building depth through the transfer portal, I think, should help Arkansas close the gap. The transfer portal is a good thing for Arkansas football. It just is because this state doesn't produce a lot of talent, period. It's not a big state. And it doesn't produce a lot from a per capita standpoint when you consider its neighbors like Louisiana and Mississippi. Those schools, those states really produce. Now everybody's going in there pluck, especially Mississippi. I mean, Alabama just go in there and take who they want out of Mississippi, right? But uh, I think from a, from a standpoint of like being able to identify a guy like Fernando Carmona and being able to go get him out of the transfer portal because he's a guy that isn't interested in all the hoopla and recruiting and all this stuff. He can You can just, you know, he wants to go to a place because he's seen all that, you know, all the big talk stuff. He wants to go to a place where he fits in and he can play football. And um, that was Arkansas for him. So I think that's where you kind of close the gap from – being from a smaller state and not having the direct access to Atlanta like, you know, Georgia does or, you know, all the places in Georgia, Georgia really produces well, um, you know, or New Orleans um, like uh, LSU has or not being far from Houston, some of those things. So um, that's where I think you kind of compare the gap, uh, close the gap. And Bobby Petrino, to answer your question, Mike RZ, Bobby Petrino, um, you know, probably can rub some people the wrong way. I'm, I'm interested to see the guy who's out there versus the guy that I knew in the past uh, at Arkansas. And I always appreciated Bobby Petrino, one, because he won, which was, to me, important, important to you also. You can forgive a lot of stuff. Sure, he had his flaws. He had some interesting dealings with media and stuff and, and, and things like that here and there. But I always appreciated he put out a schedule and he stuck to the schedule and he showed up on time. Uh, he opened spring practices in their entirety. Um, and, you know, he did a lot of things that I thought were good for Arkansas before, uh, you know, everything got kind of torpedoed, kind of torpedoed. That's not even fair. Completely torpedoed. I want to see how this story plays out, just from a journalist, just from a person who likes to ask questions and see how, you know, things play out like that. I'm really interested to see how the Bobby Petrino story unfolds at Arkansas. You know, Louisville brought him back. They had some success for a little bit, um, but the story didn't end that great there. How will it end at Arkansas? What players benefit this year from Bobby Petrino's offense, says Tuscalore? I think I think Isaac Tesla can really benefit in this offense uh, because this is a guy that, you know, he's like, what, 440 squat, 350 bench, um, Tied for the longest broad jump, I think, on the team. 38-inch vertical, which I think was maybe tied with wide receivers, maybe Andrew Armstrong for highest vertical. Like, his testing numbers are all off the chart. And he's like 21-something miles per hour. The fact that he produced the way he did doesn't make sense. Tyrone Broden's another one. The guy 
has clocked out at 22 miles an hour. He's six foot seven. Why in the why would a guy like that? Excuse me. Why would a guy like that, who's six seven and can run that fast, average 7.3 yards a catch on 15 catches? 7.3 yards a catch for a guy like that. This does not does not add up at all. Um, Isaiah Satania is another guy. I mean, I'm I'm talking wide receivers here, but like those are the guys that I think have a chance to really benefit in Bobby Petrino's offense. And if they benefit, then so does whoever the quarterback is. Mike RZ comes back with things feel pessimistic as we enter spring ball for the 2024 season. What are some things that Hog fans can look forward? I think I answered most of that stuff. What would be the most pleasant surprise that's realistically attainable? So the things that I'm looking forward to are seeing Bobby Petrino out there. Okay. Seeing the quarterback battle. I think quarterback battles are always very intriguing. In fact, like 24-7 sports is going to hit me up like because we've got a quarterback battle going on at Arkansas and they're going to want me to do content and want me to, you know, help answer questions and stuff because those are that's a big national storyline, no matter if the team's coming off a four and eight schedule, uh, four and eight season. So that and the fact that there are 13 freshmen out there that we've never seen in a Razorback uniform and 13 transfers that we've never seen. I mean, that's a lot of new players, 26 new players out there and a quarterback battle and Bobby Petrino's back. I think there's a lot of things to be intrigued with. Now, yeah, we can be pessimistic, Mike. Like, I mean, I am too. Uh, I mean, I'm certainly going to be more cautious on on how I view this Razorback football team. Uh, but I also love football. And, yeah, it sucks losing and stuff, but I also love football and I love Razorback football. And I want to know who the quarterback's going to be. And I want to break that down for everybody, which I'm going to do a lot of coming up. And uh, I want to see some analysis that I'm going to put – I mean, you want to see analysis. I'm going to be one of the guys putting it out, obviously, on what I think of the newcomers, you know. So uh, those are the things I think that are – you know, that are intriguing. As far as a pleasant, what would be a pleasant surprise that's really attainable, I mean, that's hard for me to say right now because there's just a lot of questions with this football team and the schedule's not easy. We're going to know a lot about this football team before the first bye week. You know, we'll know a lot about Sam Pittman's future at Arkansas um, and just what kind of season they're going to have because you're going to get tested early. Oh, no, God, blah. Yeah, I've never said, you know, it's funny because I've never said any of these names out loud, but Ongo Gablogan. Aside from LB, what position group is the most suspect on the team? Um, I, I, I have hopes for the linebacker core, but hope is not where you want to be. Uh, they need to get a veteran linebacker, you know, it kind of is an insurance policy. But uh, I think there are still questions in the secondary. Um, you know, you're bringing in a lot of new guys. You lost some key players in the secondary. But, I, you know, you get Jalen Braxton back. Selman, Selman Bridges is coming in. Um, you know, you've got some other key players. Hudson Clark is back for as much hate as Hudson Clark gets. He's Every year he's not been even close to the worst defensive back that they've had on the team. But everybody seems to target him anytime there's a mistake in the secondary. I don't know that they went out and got a guy like Al Walcott you know, um, as good as him. You got Snacks Johnson back also. Um, so, aside from linebacker, what position group is the most suspect on the team? Well, linebacker, definitely. And then, um, I mean, you still have to you still have to show concern with the offensive line because there's some more players coming in, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be better. 
There's plenty. There's plenty of spots for concern, I guess. Linebacker is one that jumps out, but I think that they've got some good young players there. I just wonder about, you know, hoping that they're going to be good versus having proven, experienced guys there. Um, same poster says, "What are the odds that we get 60 minutes of hell come September?" Just like, I mean, they're due for a great football season, I guess, but I would say the odds are stacked against that. Okay. I'm going to check face or check. Um, um, yep. Just kind of as I suspected on YouTube, just, you know, mostly comments. And we love the comments. Appreciate the comments, everybody. But I don't see anything. Question. I don't see any question marks in here. See some spam. All right. Well, I think we pretty much covered everything I wanted to cover today. But um, just to sum it up, um, Arkansas basketball has just been extremely disappointing. I still think Musselman is a great coach. I think if he comes back, then, you know, there's a good chance that he turns things around. And uh, just bugged by all the rumors and all the crap that's flying around out there about this guy suspended, this guy quit the team, this guy – um, you know, loves this guy. I mean, like all that, all the kind of stuff that's going on out there and just not true. And, you know, the hunts um, and the musclemans are, are at odds. I mean, it's, it's just not, it's not true. It's not true. It's just salacious BS rumors that's going around. And people still, no matter how many times I talk about it, people still, you know, come up to me and ask me about, um, you know, some of these, these rumors. So anyway, that's basketball, and uh, women's sports are doing well. Baseball starts tomorrow. Thank goodness. Don't crush, don't crush everybody's dreams, baseball, please. Again, we have so little. So save us. Spring football coming up, recruiting coming up. A lot of things to look forward to. Um, yeah, that's it. I think we did the show. Uh, what else? That's it. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Um, didn't have anybody join the show today. Starting to feel it in the voice from just straight talking the whole time. But I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you haven't subscribed to Hog Sports, then do so. H-A-W-G-Sports.com. And uh, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's actually been a while since we had anybody leave a review or I think even give a rating. And we're almost up to 1,000. So would love to get a rating from you, uh, if, even if you don't have time to leave a review. But uh, take a moment to do that, please, on Apple Podcasts. Would really appreciate that. Certainly helps our show in getting us out to, uh, to more people. I had a guy that I know the other day who said, uh, hey, hey, I didn't know you did a show. And I've like known him for years, his daughter and my daughter are friends. He's like, I didn't even know you did a show. I was like, have you ever seen The Walk and Talk? What's the walk and talk? So there's still skin on the bone, still meat on the bone, as they say. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.